Good morning, church. My name is David Mathis. I'm one of the pastors of Hope Church. God is preparing us. We're getting close to when he's going to be sending us out into East Kyle. Um, Ruben Barbosa and myself are co-pastors. God has called us to be a bilingual church. Um, Two languages, one hope. Excited for what God is doing. And so thankful how God has used all of you uh, in helping and praying and giving through your faithfulness. God, I believe, has provided what we need to be able to launch. So thank you for what you're doing. This is an exciting time in our church, in Fellowship Church. Uh, We're seeing the fruit of what God has been accomplishing over the past years in growing individuals up in their faith. And now sending them out. We've seen Foundation Church get sent out. And now preparing to see Hope Church get sent out. We're seeing new faces getting added here uh, as God is adding to the numbers of Fellowship Church. We're seeing new faces coming up in ministry as God's growing people in their faith and calling them to serve him. It's exciting what God is doing in and through Fellowship Church. What God's doing here at Fellowship Church is is not just confined to Fellowship Church. Uh, Recently, we got to go to a meeting of a bunch of pastors and church organizations in Austin, and their focus was on how can we better reach Austin for the gospel of Christ? Not by coincidence, God's at this time working in us to that end. And the topic of discussion was that Austin churches need to plant churches. Austin churches need to be multiplying and sending out to further the gospel in this area. Praise the Lord that we're a part of what he is doing that's even bigger than just Kyle and Dripping Springs. It's the whole Austin area. There is a foundation that's being laid here uh, that God has been laying here through Fellowship Church. It's a... It's a a foundation, yes. What I meant to say, there is a legacy that is being laid down here through Fellowship Church. It's a legacy of impact to the community around us. It's a legacy of impact that we've seen that's in different places in the world. It's an eternal legacy that's in lives that have been turned to Christ and saved. It's in lives that have been grown up in their faith. How do we continue that legacy in Hope Church? How do we continue to be a place that God is working in and through to build a legacy for eternity for him? That's the question I want to look at this morning. There's a lot of things about Fellowship Church that we want to continue into Hope Church. But what are those foundational elements that need to shape every ministry of Hope Church in what we do and how we do it? Been digging into that and we've Tied it into the letters of hope. There's four elements. Um, we thought about doing Esperanza since we're bilingual, but that's just a lot of letters that I can't deal with, especially the Z. I'm not sure what we do with the Z. But before we get into hope, the letters of hope, um, I want to challenge you with the same thing that I've been challenged with as we've been digging into these. It's that what's good for the church is good for my home. As we're looking at what God's doing to reach Austin through his church, 
That's not just when the con- in the confines of every building that's housing a church, because we know the church isn't this building, it's us. And as the light of the gospel is getting spread through churches, being formed, every house that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus is a light to the community around it. So as we're looking through these elements that are the foundational to a healthy church, let's think about how that could also be applied to our home. So the first letter of hope, the first letter is H, hearing with faith. We need to be a church that's hearing the word of truth, the word of God, and receiving it with faith. What is the word of God? We're talking about in that, or singing about in that last song, the creation and the wonder this displayed there of God's creation. It's because God spoke creation into existence. God said, let there be light. And there was light. The universe is because God spoke it to be. The universe is the way it is because God spoke it to be that way. The reason the sun is where it's at. The reason The earth is as far as it is from the sun and orbits the sun in the time it takes. And the time it takes the earth to spin on its axis to give us night and day is because God spoke it to be that way. God said, let us make man in our own image. And he spoke into existence what it means to be human, what it means to be male, what it means to be female. We are the way that we are because God spoke us to be that way. What is good and what is evil is because of who God is. And the penalty for sin, the penalty for rejecting and rebelling against our creator is death because God spoke it to be that way. So this is a foundation of truth that we need to build our church on. And I say this, we're talking about the spoken word of God This is also the spoken word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed. How does that work? Well, over a course of about 1,500 years, through individuals that sovereignly picked by God, that God's Holy Spirit would work through different times, different backgrounds, different languages, different situations that they're writing from, but one Holy Spirit inspiring them to write 66 books where every book, chapter, sentence, word is in perfect harmony to give us the revealed word of God that we have now as a foundation of truth. The world around us doesn't tolerate the concept of absolute truth very well. And if we are going to stand on a standard of truth like this, uh, we're going to have opposition to that. I had a conversation with a, a friend at work uh, earlier this year. Uh, it was around a whiteboard discussion of uh, you know, a theory on how the universe is formed based on some passages from Isaiah and Jeremiah. We weren't getting real work done for sure. And that conversation dissolved into this conversation about truth. What is truth? And can you even know what is true? That's the mindset of the world around us. It's okay for what's true for you to be true for you. It's true for me to be true for me. We're all happy. But as soon as I say there's an absolute truth, 
is something that's not going to go over well with a lot of people in this world. Jesus, when he was praying for his disciples, said, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. It's truth as a noun. He's saying that the word of God defines what is true. How is it that the word of God defines what is true? Well, what is, is because God spoke it to be. God's word does define what is true. We must, we must take also the whole word of God. What's in this book? What do we find that's true that God has chosen to reveal to us through written word? Well, we find out about who God is. We find out about who we are. We see the history of the world from beginning to end, and the end hasn't even come yet. We see redemptive history. What that means is that we see the unfolding of God's plan of redemption to a world that is lost in sin. See, God in here, he, he chose a man. After the fall of man, he chose a man, Abraham, and he promised him. He said, through your offspring, singular offspring, we find out later in the book, that's talking about Christ. Through your offspring, I'm going to bless the nations of the world. And then we see following that, that God makes out of Abraham a nation, the nation of Israel. And he gives to Israel this law. It's this prescription that if, if you were to follow that perfectly, you could be reconciled to God. Well, the law didn't save anyone. Because what it served to do is to show the standard of holiness that God has. It showed the desperate situation that we are in our sin, that we can't reconcile ourselves to God. But then God sent his son, born of a virgin. Of course, she's in the line of the promise from Abraham. Fully God, fully man, Jesus went willingly to the cross to take the penalty for our sin on himself. He died and was raised three days later so that we could have life in him, that through him we could have forgiveness of sins. Through faith in Christ, We could have what the law couldn't give us. Christ in himself fulfilled the requirement of the law. Now through faith in him, we can have righteousness. That's the centerpiece of the story. And then we see, moving on from there, that God is gathering for himself a church. That's us. Now we finally get to our point in the history here. He's gathering for himself a church, a bride for Christ. And in the future, Christ is coming back for his bride. And we look forward to that day. How important it is that we found our church on the word of God. That we found our church on the whole word of God. See, I can't understand what this law is about if I don't see it in the context of all redemptive history. God has a purpose for it that fits in there. I can't fully understand Uh, what Christ accomplished on the cross without seeing what happened in the Old Testament with the law to see my situation compared to a holy God. I can't see the attributes of God apart from the whole of what God has given us in the Bible. We need to be a church that's founded on the whole counsel of the word of God. Praise the Lord that Jonathan, when he teaches, teaches the whole counsel of the word of God. There's bits in here that are difficult that we will wrestle with. And he doesn't shy away from those parts. But he takes the whole counsel of the word of God. Some things we won't ever know. It's not given to us to know. 
There's mysteries in here, and that's okay. God has given us what we need to know. Founded on the word of God. So we need to be a, a church where the word of God is heard. When hearing is received in faith, then it becomes powerful. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The word of Christ is that central message of this book, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle that we get to experience in church or in our, our sharing the gospel with friends is that when the word of Christ, the truth of God's love for us through his son, Jesus Christ, is spoken and heard, and the hearer, for the first time, the Spirit of God opens their eyes to see that truth, and they receive it with faith. In that moment, the Holy Spirit seals them. They're born again into new life. Their sins are forgiven, and they have an inheritance secured with Christ in eternity. That's the awesome miracle of hearing with faith that we get to see right at the beginning of someone's walk with Christ. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. We might do a little bit of jumping around in Scripture this morning. And you'll probably beat me because my sword drill skills haven't been all that great. It's right there. Galatians chapter 3. So Paul, Paul is getting after the Galatians here. They, they basically went back to the law. They, it's like, no, you see what Christ did. Christ fulfilled the law. But they're going back and they're, and they're implementing the law. But as he's getting after them, there's these nuggets of truth in here that we can see about the power of hearing with faith. So in verse 2, we see, it says, Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? or by hearing with faith. That's what we saw in Romans ten seventeen. That's the first time we hear the gospel and we receive it in faith, we receive the Spirit. And then in verse 5 he says, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you work miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? It continues. The power of God working in us powerfully, miracles among us happens by hearing the word of truth and believing it to be true. So how does Hope Church position herself to be a church that God is powerfully working in and through to accomplish the work of the gospel in East Kyle? It begins with the word of truth being heard and receiving it in faith. So here's the, the question. What's good for the church is good for my home. Is the word of God heard in our homes? Moses, when he was preparing the Israelites to go into the promised land, had a good word for them that I think we can take as well if you put Deuteronomy up. It was, in these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as, as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. 
You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Is the word of God on the walls of our house? Is it on the refrigerator? There's three verses on our refrigerator. Thank my wife for that. Are we talking about the gospel around the dinner table? Are we talking about what is true that we have in Christ? Is the word of God heard in our homes and are we receiving it in faith? Second letter. Oh, through hearing with faith, obeying by faith. By faith. Faith is the catalyst to the obedience. This comes straight out of hearing with faith. I've heard the word of God. I'm trusting that it's true. And the spirit of God enters into that and begins a work in us that's going to lead to action. Let's turn to James chapter 1. Verse 24. Nope. Go back. Uh, Verse 21. Chapter 1, verse 21. It says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That's hearing with faith. Receiving the implanted word. The word of God. That's that's salvation there. Uh, The word of God which is able to save our souls. But then he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. How is it that I'd be deceiving myself if I hear the word of God and that's, that's the extent of it? I hear it and trust it, believe it, but I don't change my actions. How would that be deceiving myself? Well, he says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So what's happening when I am hearing the word of God and, and believing it to be true, the spirit of God is making a change in my life. Right in that moment of salvation, I became a new creation. There's something different about me that the spirit of God has worked. So for me to walk away from that then and act exactly like I did before is actually a lie. I'm deceiving myself, saying, oh, I'm still what I was before. No, what the truth is, is that you are something new. What has God created us to be? When we look into the mirror of God's word, what do we see? My faith is in Christ, and I'm an adopted child of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. I am, a, I am a workmanship that, that Christ is working for good works. We are his workmanship. Maybe the hardest one for us sometimes to really get our heads around is that we are forgiven. Are you walking in that truth? What does the church see when the church looks into the mirror of God's word that we need to be walking in the truth of? Well, the church sees... We're the body of Christ, with Christ at the head. And that each person in here is a member of that body, and you've been given spiritual gifts to benefit each other. We see that we are being built up in love for one another into the fullness of Christ. We see that we're the bride of Christ, that Christ is going to be coming again. 
to take his bride. We see that we're a royal priesthood. What does that mean? It means that we represent Christ. We represent God to the world around us that is lost in sin. That's who we are. So as a church, then we need to walk in that. That's obedience by faith, trusting that this is who we are as a church and acting that way. What does that look like practically in the church? Well, this week will mark one year from the day that the elders of Fellowship Church got together to discuss this idea about multiplying into East Kyle. And following that meeting, uh, Jonathan sent the elders an email, and here's an excerpt from that email. He said, when God brings people together in unity, it never ceases to amaze me. I loved the peace and joy in the room as we discussed God's will. As we discussed God's will for us to send part of our church, excuse me, to a location in East Kyle. I am genuinely excited for what the Lord is bringing about. If you are not able to attend on Tuesday with the overwhelming unity in the room, I assume you are sensing the same leadership of the Lord. I am going to discuss this vision for the church at the banquet on November 5th, and I hope you will continue to pray for the Lord's leadership with every step. For a church to just volunteer a hundred plus of its members to go start a new autonomous church, just on the other side of town, is not normal. That's not what human reasoning produces. But when you're in a place of dependence on God, obeying by faith, trusting that God is the one working through us to accomplish all of these truths about who we are, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, that he is gathering for himself, a people for his own possession, that he's the one doing that. And then God brings that kind of unity, the spirit of God working in a group of men submitted to him and seeking his will. Well, then it makes total sense. Say, yes, God, that's a no brainer. I can tell you, we met on a whole lot of other topics of how do we grow as a church? And there wasn't that unity. But then God said, this is what I want you to do. It's the hardest path It's the one with the most questions that are unanswered. That's what I want you to do. And it's a no-brainer because it's by faith that we're following him in obedience. So what's good in the church and good in our homes? Are we in our homes walking in obedience by faith? Can we look back from the path that we're on right now and see a point in time where we had to trust God to move forward? What has God put in front of us right now that is requiring us to trust him to take that next step forward? Let's be homes that are walking in obedience by faith. The letter P. We have hearing with faith, obeying by faith, and now praying in faith. If you've been at Fellowship Church very long, you may recall from time to time, Jonathan has said, this is a praying church. I love that. I want Hope Church to be a praying church. And if we are walking by faith, our eyes set on Christ, depending on him, 
Well, we need to be a praying church. Praise the Lord, he's already forming Hope Church as a praying church. Let's look in a couple places to, to unpack what it is to be praying in faith. If we go back to James, chapter 1, in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. There's a confidence that has no doubt of who is hearing our prayers, who is the one that's acting on the other side of our prayers. It's part of being in faith, but in faith is more than that. In faith is what we've been talking about. It's a place of having heard and trusted the word of God that we're committed to what God has for us so that we're walking in obedience by faith. It's from that position that we find ourselves in faith, not doubting, in confidence before God. Look also in John chapter 15 and verse 7. Jesus says, if you abide in me, that's obedience by faith. That's near to Christ, remaining near to Christ. Our eyes set on him, following him. And my words abide in you. That's hearing with faith. That's the word of God, the living word of God abiding in us. Then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When we hear these testimonies like, um, like Rudy gave of, of Honduras, just miraculously things happen. We see that more whenever we're in this context. We are every hour and every day fully committed to what God has us to do expecting every minute that there could be a change. And that's just God working. He's, he's guiding things this way and that. And we're completely enveloped in faith, following God. And it's in those conditions. We, I saw it also on the field with ADRN, uh, with flood victims and, and watching what God's doing. You're in the situation where you're fully committed, just focusing on what God has for you. In that situation, you pray and it's powerful. We need to be a church that's praying in faith. The formation of Hope Church, I didn't, get, I didn't share this with the previous services, I forgot to, has been amazing in what God has done to put us on our knees. If you remember back in November, uh, when from the banquet we said, we're going to do this thing, uh, then we just said, we're not going to make any plans, we're just going to pray until... Uh, 2018 begins. And so we were on our knees, said, don't say whether you're going, whether you're staying, just pray and see what, the, what God has for you. And then we thought, okay, now we're on, now we're going to go. We're in go time. January, we're ready to go. God didn't give us clear answers until we'd been through a first full quarter of prayer on our knees before him. God has started this work in prayer. But then as he unfolded what he had for us, something that, that we weren't looking for right at the beginning, that this would be a co-pastorship, that we'd be joining what was Nueva Creación, becoming Iglesia Esperanza, a Spanish-speaking body with an English-speaking body, to make them one body and one hope, even though there was two languages there, where some of the folks here only spoke Spanish, some of the folks here only spoke English, with some that are able to speak both. God, how does that work? 
we had our first meeting of the two groups and uh, there was awkwardness. Uh, thank you, John, for the, uh, the speed dating exercise that we did between English and Spanish. But we shared a meal together and then we prayed together, each praying for the person around them at, that they were sharing a meal with in their own language. Reuben and I were up here on the stage and we'd, we prayed for each other and I got done and I looked out Put that picture up. I had to take a picture. It's awkward to take a picture of people praying. But the Spirit of God was just there. In prayer, praying for each other. Didn't matter what language you're praying in. Our one God knows what we're praying. It was a powerful moment in the formation of Hope Church. God is forming us in prayer. It is my hope that he continues to make us a church that is a praying church. All right. What is good for the church is good in our homes. Are we praying in our homes? This has been a challenge to me. Sure, I'm on my knees individually planning with God. I can always be more. I'm, I'm on my knees with my wife. I think we could, we could be praying more together than we are. I encourage you, if you aren't praying with your wife, do what I did and get over your own uh, pride, self, you know, sense of, oh, we've never done this, so it's awkward. Who cares if it's awkward? Pray with your wife. Pray with your kids. But don't just pray. This is where I've been challenged. Let's not just pray the prayers of, thank you, God, for the food. Help us sleep tonight. But from a position of walking as a family by faith and obedience to God. Let's be on our knees as a family saying, God, we need you. Go before us, work powerfully through us as we meet our neighbors at the park or next door that you would use us as a vehicle for your light. Let's pray as a family that way. Let's be a praying home. All right, the final letter. It doesn't have the word faith in it, but it has everything to do with faith. Enjoying God. Hearing with faith. Obeying by faith. Praying in faith. And now enjoying God. This is the one somehow we, we miss. And it's vitally important. It comes out of everything that just came before. Because as we're exposed to the truth and we get to see who God is and we realize what Christ accomplished on the cross and we realize the fellowship and intimacy that we can have with the Father, we start to understand what it means to enjoy God. Psalms 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The word for Lord there is Yahweh. The Lord. That's a relationship that was lost in the Garden of Eden. We lost intimacy and fellowship with the Father. But through Christ, we can have that again. It's not perfect right now. It's messy. But through faith in Christ, we can build up again a relationship with the Father. Intimacy with the Father. When we first moved to Texas five years ago, um, 
We were getting our house in order, and we said, uh, we're not going to do TV. We told the kids there's no TV in Texas. I don't think you guys believed us. And we lasted for a while, a few years, but then there's football. And especially for my wife, I'm going to blame it on her. Uh, so we didn't spring for the, the cable. We, we got one of those little antennas. And that's great as long as football is on NBC. But football's not always on NBC. And so sometimes we find ourselves there trying to get that, that channel that has what we want to see. And you just uh, adjust the antenna. You go back to the couch. And, oh, that's not quite right. And you adjust it again. You go back to the couch. Finally, you get it just right. All right, you've got the game. And somebody shifts position on the couch and the whole thing goes away again. <laughs> what channel are we tuned into in our church? What do we delight in? Delighting in the Father is something that's like a channel we can't quite focus on. There's so much else that's coming in strong. But are we even trying? How about in our homes? What are we delighting in? What channel are we tuned into? Maybe we're not even tuned into the right channel. We didn't know that channel existed. And all the desires of the world and the things that the world is saying, the latest iPhone or a new car or paying off my house or whatever it is, those are the things that are the strong channels coming in. But God says there's something more desirable than all of that. The thing most desirable is me. Maybe we're on the right channel, but our antennas are all pointed in the wrong direction. We know what it is that we want. We know what it is that's most desirable, but we're still letting all the things that are the worries and the concerns and everything of the world come in and distract us from what it is that's most desirable. What does it look like for a church to be a church that enjoys God? When we open the word of God, It's in the joy of opening the very words of God. This is life. We taste it. It's food. It's more important than food. We desire it. When we're following Christ in obedience, walking by faith, it's not out of some sense of obligation. It's out of the joy of who God has made us to be, that we can be his workmanship, that we can be a vehicle of good works. And we follow God in joy. We follow Christ in joy, just like he, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. We follow in those footsteps. When we pray, it's not just a quick, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and I'm on my way. When we're enjoying God, we're quiet in prayer. We're meditating on who God is and how he loves us. We're thankful for where he's put us. We just love the intimacy of his presence, a chance to be quiet before God, before the throne of God. We need that in our lives. A church that enjoys God, worships. Boy, I love the joy that Ray brings to to the worship in this place. But our worship it might look like entertainment, but for a, for a congregation that enjoys God, there's one person in the audience. We are worshiping and loving God. 
When we're doing a solo, that was really cool. I, I, we need to have more of that fiddle. That's glorifying God. That's to God. That's celebrating. That's just the tiniest taste of what it's going to be like someday when we see him face to face and we just rejoice. You know how many styles of music are going to be there? Think of how many cultures are around the world and then take that to go back till the beginning of, of the world. Everyone who has had faith to salvation is going to be there. And we're just going to be having one big party. We need to be a church that enjoys God. We need to have homes where our greatest desire enjoys God. Let's be a church. Let's be a community. It's hearing the word of God, receiving it with faith. It's walking in obedience to the truth of who we are through the power of Christ in us. It's praying powerfully from a position of faith. His greatest desire and joy is found in Yahweh. Let's pray. Father, there's so much to be thankful for. God, it is so exciting to see what you are doing in and through Fellowship Church that's reaching out in the way that you have something that's always bigger than what we are that you're accomplishing through us. God, don't let us look away, but keep our eyes on you. I pray that we would be a people that just loves you and enjoys intimacy with you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church. Go with the Lord.